Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of October 1, 2023. White Cane Day is officially on Sunday, October 15 this year, but several celebrations are planned both before and after that day. One such event is on Thursday, October 12, at the McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. The Center, along with the American Printing House for the Blind, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, and others, are partnering to bring you fun events to the community. The time is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Participating groups will host tables and distribute information in the morning. Lunch will be at noon with grilled hot dogs, weather permitting, followed by an outdoor activity in the afternoon. Everyone is invited to attend, so we hope you'll come out and help us celebrate White Cane Day. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind Social Hour is on Wednesday this week from 2 to 3 p.m. Central, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Their speaker this week is Sam Moore from Henderson. Sam is a member of Savvy, and he produces a podcast called Blabbing in the Bluegrass. We hope that you'll tune in to listen to Sam on their Zoom line. Here's the number, 669-900-6833. The code is 763-689-4411. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision invites everyone to attend its next board meeting on Wednesday, October 4, at 8 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. The next in-person support group is Monday, October 9, from 1 to 2.30 p.m., and the place is United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Join the call from any computer, cell phone, or landline phone by dialing 669-900-6833 669-900-6833 and entering the code 862-9889-6972. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation Chapter will hold its October business meeting on Thursday, October 12 at 8 p.m. on the KCB Chapter Meeting Line. The number is 669-900-6833. And the code is 862-9889-6972. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its fall quarterly meeting on Friday, October 6. This will be a hybrid event, with doors opening at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville, at 4.30 p.m. Dinner is at 5, and the program, both in person and on Zoom, is from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. The speaker, who will be visiting with us in person, is Louisville Deputy Mayor David James. He will be first on the program and will be with us until about 7 p.m. 
so please be on time. Dinner that evening will be fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, salad, and dessert. Dinner is $6 per person. Please call us at 502-895-4598 to sign up for dinner and to let us know if you'll need a carryout. We also remind you to make return rides between 8.30 and quarter to 9. There's a change in the date and time of the October GLCB Bingo. We are pleased to announce that we'll be playing bingo with the group from the Perkins Library in Boston on Friday, October 13, from 7 to 9 p.m. on Zoom. Everyone is invited to come play, enjoy some great fun, and win prizes. We'll be announcing the Zoom number here on Soundprints next week and on the KCB events email list. For more information, you are welcome to call the KCB office at 502-895-4598. From Rick Bogus comes the following announcement. Savvy, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, will have its next meeting on Tuesday, October 10, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time in Owensboro. It will meet at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm, S-C-H-E-R-M Road, in Owensboro, and on Zoom. We'll share information about the history of the white cane, demonstrate some basic mobility skills, such as human guide, share travel experiences, and discuss some travel apps. We will also discuss a couple of eye conditions and plan for our November and December meetings, including our November election. Join the Zoom calls by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering the code 862-9889-6972. The ACB Board of Directors held its fall workshop and meeting on Friday, September 29, and Saturday, September 30, in Jacksonville, Florida, the site of the 2024 ACB Conference and Convention. Both the workshop and meeting were broadcast on ACB Media Channel 6, and the podcast will be available soon for download. The 1.30 p.m. Friday afternoon session was especially informative. People often ask, just what is ACB doing? What is being accomplished? That session on Friday afternoon answers these questions in a very concise manner as the board went through line by line the strategic plan for 2023. The session was almost an hour and a half long, too long for one soundprint show. There was so much good information that we are bringing you the first part of that session on page two this week, and we will include the second part of the session as page two on next week's program. Listen to sound prints in many different ways. We are heard 12 times each week on ACB Media One. At 8 p.m. on Sunday, 8 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., Thursday at 10 p.m., and Friday at 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. Listen there by using the ACB Link app 
on your phone or your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when appointed. You can also listen on your Victor Reader Stream by searching for sound prints in the Victor Stream database. Find sound prints in the list of podcasts in the ACB Link app. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB information line by calling 773-572-6318. Be sure to check the opening menu for available shows. We have begun posting some shows from the recent past in addition to the most recent program. For more information about Soundprints, to comment on a recent show, or make a suggestion for a future topic, and to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, call the KCB at 502-895-4598. Page 2. Let's um, begin our afternoon. So we're, this afternoon we're going to review the, uh, where we are with the strategic goals of the organization. So we're going to kind of bring this down to home and see how we're doing. And um, I think this is actually going to be great. So uh, Dan, how do you want to do this? Do you want me or Nancy or somebody to read these? And do you want to talk about them or how do we, yeah, how do you want we them? Can do yeah. All right. Yeah. We're ready to go with the one-year plan. Um, so the first item on this is present financial plan with approved uh, ACB budget. So revenue plan is in alignment with the budget. And that was due on January 1st, 2023. Right. And I mean, we've obviously yeah. set the, right. the board approved the budget with the revenue. And, you know, <coughs> we'll go through the different items underneath that. I think mm -hmm. there's a series mm -hmm. of items. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Create and empower a major individual gifts committee, which was January 1st, and that is completed. Yes, that actually, even though we put the strategic plan together in the uh, September, I guess the October time frame, the major gifts committee was uh, put together in November of last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, and if you have any questions as we go along, just um, show In the uh, Major Gifts Committee, for those, uh, well, several of you serve on the Major Gifts Committee, but mm -hmm. it's really trying to identify our top 100 individual donors. And uh, Colby Garrison is our lead uh, resource development officer, along with JoLynn, uh, working with that committee, JoLynn Bailey-Page. And we're, you know, have done an outreach. Uh, Michael Garrett's part of that team. Oh, I'm going to forget people, so I won't even go down that path. <laughs> but um, Gene Mann, many others. Uh, but as part of that, we did an outreach to the top 100 donors and just thank them for donating to ACB and getting in continuing to develop that relationship with our top 100. And I think some of you will remember Colby uh, sharing the story about the person that, that she talked to who had never been to any kind of ACB event or never been contacted by ACB and has contributed on a regular basis, a pretty significant contribution. And, you know, what a thrilling opportunity is to actually um, make connection. I mean, s some people in the organization that we see every day are part of this. And, of course, we have connection, but 
but what about those people we don't? So um, I thought that was amazing and, and really cool. Define Can I ask a question yeah. on that? Yeah. And that is um, that top one, how, where, do we, where do we do the cutoff on what the amount is that qualifies someone for that? for that uh, status, if you will. Well, Terry, that, that's really a good question. Yeah. For yeah. donations over $10,000 or... Oh, no, it's not no. anywhere that significant. I wish it was <laughs> the top I wish one. I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd dream yeah. big. Um, yeah. But, um, well, we've kind of done it a couple of different ways. We have the annual giving society and the, the cutoff for that were folks that have been giving 250 a year annually to ACB, uh, and that um, ACB and affiliates, and that that group has grown to be about it's it's in excess of 300 people now. So the probably the cutoff for the top 100, and, and it's just a matter of how many people can you manage effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, I, I can't give you the exact number. It's somewhere the cutoff is somewhere between 500 and a thousand. For the top 100. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And keep in mind that there are some kinds of things that. Um, what? All right. We got a train whistle Somebody for that. Very that. nice. That's, nice. That's my son. That's yeah. thought. Uh, so I keep in mind that there are some kinds of contributions that probably would be exempted from this, like the auction, where some of us spend a fortune. But it doesn't count there. Yeah. Um, Although we are actually for people who um, for who buy items during the auction, we are counting that as just you know right. as, as an area. It's not officially according to the IRS a, right. a fundraiser. I mean, you can't think of it as a not. Uh, let's see, what do we want to call it? A a charitable gift, mm -hmm. except above the fair market value. Right. And and Leslie does get some people who ask her about that occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Um, but I in don't general, know. with Brian's cookies, how would we? Uh, yeah. yeah, how could you? How could you put a fair market value on those? Uh, but but I do think that um, right. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Items. Yeah, I, items, I'll, not I'll repeat yeah. this. It's it's items uh, amount of an item that's purchased, not not a food product. Okay, thank you, Leslie. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Define ACB lead for all corporate and foundation partners, and that was uh, due on February twenty eighth. It says corporations and foundations have been completed, mm -hmm. and a major gifts committee was formed. Um, Right. So again, um, dealing with uh, corporations and foundations, what we really had to do there is, you know, we started off a few years ago, and our main corporate giving vehicle was our convention. But we now have the DC Leadership Conference, we have the ACB Conference and Convention, and we have the AD Awards Gala. And what we are finding is that many of our sponsors will will sponsor two or maybe even all three of those events. And so it's been, 
it's been a an effort to really one identify the contacts for each of these uh, of each of these corporations. So we have about fifty active corporations where we have identified an ACB lead contact and a backup contact for each of those relationships and the people that we're working with inside the corporation. Uh, what we're finding there, uh, Clark and I have a lot of the responsibility in these areas. And what we're trying to do is not just reach out to these folks during the convention cycle or during the AD Awards Gala cycle, but actually have, having ongoing relationships with them where we meet with them on a monthly basis or quarterly basis and talk about our relationships with the organization. And so um, we're trying to get better at understanding that data, and I think we've got a pretty good we have a good portfolio of who's given to us across all three of our fundraising opportunities. What happens with these corporations is they don't plan by one of our events. They plan for an annual giving cycle that includes ACB. So we're learning more and more that it's really important when we work with these corporations to understand their fiscal year, how they operate, how they budget, and to make sure you, you have to get in that giving cycle earlier in the process. If you're waiting to two, three months before the event, in many cases, you're way too late. So you've got to have an ongoing annual relationship with them. So we're, we're working to establish that. We have a list that we work through, like the gala. We had 40-plus people we called and, and contacted in relationship to the gala. I think 10 or 11 of them have come through so far. But, again, it's, it's a different kind of way to deal with our corporations. Foundations, the same way. They have annual giving. You know, they have annual cycles when you have to get your reporting in by, when you have to you know, you know, apply for the next year's grant. And so we're living, uh, again, working with Joel and Bailey Page, we're really having a cycle and a, and a calendar of foundation giving uh, and requests, I'll say. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. yeah. Dan, this is Chris. Yeah, Chris. So, to continue to continue my unpopular questions, um, mm -hmm. do we ever consider doing advertising in Braille form, even if we did it by category, like assistive tech or something? Well, this is a because we are a non-for-profit. It's very difficult for oh, us. Okay. Yeah, it, it, advertising is, eh, yeah, but sponsoring. Yeah. There's a way you go about doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, think of us kind of like um, think of us a little bit like uh, the um, national broadcasting uh, stations. You know, your local PBS stations. Yeah, and you know you can you can do. Uh, campaigns and those type of things, but you can't really sell advertising. And we definitely can't sell advertising for the Braille Forum because that goes out free matter for the blind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And we have restrictions on our ACB media as well that look like that we, based on the licensing that we have for the part of ACB media that has licensing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but it's a nice try. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah. something to keep thinking about. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
All right. Um, the next item is grow revenue to match expenses, and that was December 31st, 2023. It says with ACB leadership uh, transitions, the first step was to solidify existing revenue sources maintaining uh, to convention, or I'm sorry, pertaining to convention and ADP gala sponsorship and renew existing foundation grants. This has been a challenging year to expand corporate sponsorships and obtain new grants with the challenges of the economic landscape. The board will be provided with a better view of the 2023 revenue funding during the 2024 budgeting process. Um, the thrift stores continue to be successful because there is someone to manage the day-to-day -day operations, thanks to Chris Sawyer. Yeah, so I can comment, again, these were the comments related to, you know, that you all received in your packet. Mm -hmm. um, it has been a challenging year when it's come to corporate giving. Um, I thought we, the team really pulled together in a pretty difficult situation. By the time we transitioned, we were already into April, and it was pretty late for a, I know, end of June um, time frame to, to pull together our corporate uh, sponsorships. Um, at the point, uh, not that things weren't in motion, but at the point uh, that I got uh, put in the interim executive director position, we had $55,000 in convention sponsorships. And the team really pulled together and worked very hard, and I believe we ended up with $319,000 worth. So it was a lot of, of really hard work. But it's been a difficult environment. Uh, we had organizations like Facebook who had been, you know, diamond sponsors in the past that just were not in a position to sponsor at all this year. And so uh, we found some new sponsors and, you know, tried hard. But it what, it is a difficult corporate year with the way that, you know, it's, the economy has gone for the last year or two. It also has been a very difficult year with foundation giving in that foundations give based on their endowments. And with the downturn in the stock market in 2022, most of the foundations saw their endowments go down by 15 to 20%. And so with that, they were a little hesitant to give at the same level that they gave at the previous year. So. Some of the foundation gifts we did receive, we received a percentage reduction from what we had received the year before and uh, have not been successful at, at, at having any new foundation grants for this year. So that's kind of where we're at in the foundation space. We uh, have talked to some of the executive uh, directors of foundations. Uh, I've had a couple of good conversations with them and they believe next year will pick up. This has kind of been a a blip for the whole nonprofit industry uh, as a whole that, you know, the PPP money and ERC money is, is ending this year. And at the same time with the stock market being in a downturn, it has just limited um, foundation's ability to give and give to new, uh, to new requests this year. So I'm thinking it is going to look up in 2024, but it has been a tough year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you've covered this next one a lot, but just... I wish I had better news. Yeah, <laughs> <It's coming. laughs> this is kind of a tough. It has been a tough one-two punch uh, yeah. from the revenue uh, standpoint. Well, I just really want to commend staff for the work they did around the corporate sponsorships for convention because uh, when we made the transition, it was bleak, <laughs> and um, and and it was an understandable problem to have. Um, as as Eric was leaving and Dan was coming on and all of that stuff, but the fact that they were able to really aggressively get out and um, get as much in for that season as they did um, was, I think, absolutely amazing. So um, I just it, really want to. And if you get a chance, and, and, and Clark's here this weekend, please give him a big handshake yes. and a hug because I mean Clark has really been the glue that's pulled us together through this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Build a comprehensive annual fund that is founded on individual, corporate, and foundation giving and events. And that's December 31st. The resource development team has been provided a breakdown of revenue from individuals, corporations, foundations, earned revenue, and other income. Individual reports have been created for each major fundraising program. Corporate donations are now... Um, evaluated across all ACB's fundraising events. Yes, and we really, uh, again, a lot of thanks here to our CFO, Nancy Marks-Becker, along with the resource development team of Bill Reeder, JoLynn Bailey-Page, and Colby Garrison. We've had a whole series of meetings to really, for the first time, I think, take our information out of Donor Perfect and really generate uh, understandable um, revenue reports. So we now have a report, and I don't know if we shared it in the packet, but we we did. Yeah. Okay. Final. You re- okay? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. So working with uh, Bill and Jill, and you know, we we kind of grew up with the way we reported revenue, and the more I'll say standard way to look at revenue across a nonprofit organization is what do you bring in from individual giving, what do you bring in from corporate giving, from foundation grants, from earned income, and from other income, which in our world, the other income ends up being, you know, things like the PPP money we got from the government, or occasionally we will get proceeds from legal activities and these type of things. So, um, and now we have a report that shows us each of those categories, how much we've received in each of those areas, and all of the major fundraisers underneath that category that contributed to that amount. So if you looked at individual giving, you would see a total amount, and then within that you'd see how much the walk brought in and the auction brought in and the Braille form raffle brought in and on down that path, uh, along with internet giving and those type of things. And then you'll see all the foundations and, and the foundations that came in, all the corporate giving that happened, whether it be at the one of the, the convention, the gala, uh, the D.C. Leadership Conference, unrestricted corporate grants, uh, things like that, down that path. And then... Um, and then earned income, it really was interesting uh, as Bill challenged us with our earned income to understand what we were really doing there, which is not money that's being donated to us, but money that we kind of, through our work, earn and comes into the organization. And 
it was interesting as we went through that exercise to learn how many areas we actually do have earned income. Much more, you know, what comes to mind right off the bat are the thrift stores, mm -hmm. which bring in, you know, almost $300,000 a year for ACB, which is, you know, 15% of our, of our annual budget. But, you know, what we bring in through membership dues, uh, what we bring in through registration fees for the DC leadership conference, for the convention, uh, earned, uh, earned income that comes from interest and dividends from our stock portfolio. Uh, many in the, these areas. So it was interesting, the, um, the audio description um, training, you know, the training institute that we hold twice a year that brings in about thirty or $40,000. So it was interesting to go through that exercise and see the different areas where we do have earned income that comes into the organization because that's repeatable. You have a really, really high probability of seeing that money come in year after year. So... Now we have the data. Now from that, how do we then build to to grow each of these revenue sources? David, out of curiosity, because I know we hadn't hadn't had any to put in there yet. Where would be? I like the way this works. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like the way it, it will feed out, and you'll be able to really get some valuable data from it. Mm -hmm. Where will bequests fit in there? That would be individual giving. Right. Okay, yeah. that was my thought, but. We didn't mention it, so yeah. I wanted to be yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is Chris. So I have another. I have another thought, which I'll throw out, mm -hmm. which is that um, you know organizations like Disability Rights Advocates and uh, Matt Hanley and whatnot uh, litigate on our behalf, and they charge attorneys' fees mm -hmm. when they're a prevailing party, which includes settlements. It doesn't just mean judgment. We thought about whether it would make sense to invest in a, a litigator and then be more directly involved in litigating some of these things so we can charge attorney's fees? I don't know that we have thought about bringing an attorney on as part of ACB staff or consultant, uh, although, of course, Matt Hanley plays that role for us, and... He does have an arrangement that uh, I believe, Clark, you can speak to this, but I believe it's what 10% of uh, the fees that, uh, that Matt earns, uh, he, he donates to ACB. The next item is hold the annual DC Leadership Conference, which was March 15th of 2023. Yes, and there's a whole set of areas underneath that, and I think we did all mm -hmm. of those. We had the con we had the conference, right. we had the rally, right. we you know options to have a virtual and in person um, event with a plan, um, th and that uh, there was the hold an in person currency rally in Washington D.C. Yay! So yeah, I think we we definitely fulfilled all of our strategic planning items around right. the D.C. Leadership Conference, which was a new venture for us, right? Mm -hmm. To do it both virtually and in in person, mm -hmm. uh, to have a rally, to try to get back for the first time in three years uh, together, and really adopt kind of a different approach to our D.C. Leadership Conference, where we had, uh, you know, more, I think, young people got involved, affiliates did a really good job of sending people uh, who wanted to become leaders or were bur burgeoning new leaders inside of their affiliates. I uh, thought we had good uh, workshops on ACB and what was going on, you know, and how we could improve membership and involvement in ACB, as well as the involvement of different vendors, the National Park Service, uh, 
uh, the space telescope folks, uh, the folks with accessible voting, the National Park Service with their passes, and then we did the diner rounds, we did tours. We may we may have overdone it for our first year, <laughs> but uh, and then we threw a, a, an amazing rally on top of that that is still making a big difference for the with the Bureau of Engraving and Printing and really got us back at the table on a mm-hmm. consistent basis. So um, I thought it was really, really a successful D.C. Leadership Conference, and tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about our opportunities for next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, define relationship criteria for measuring ACB's five levels of connectivity and engagement. And under that, we have criteria has been established for the five relationship circles. And the next step is to create a st- strategy to deepen these connections. Right. So, you know, what we've learned, we have people that engage with ACB at different levels, right? So our most inner core is our, our family, which are not only folks that are members, but members that are either volunteering of their time, talent, or treasure, along with leaders like all of you uh, that are here that are either presidents of an affiliate, they're a board member, they're on the BOP, the ACBES board. So trying to identify kind of who is that group of about three or 400 people that are very engaged in our organization. And then we go out to friends next to it, which is all of our members, people, again, that donate time or, or, or financially to the organization at a next level, along with corporations as well on both of these levels. And then we go out to the, you know, the the followers and and the familiars and then the unfamiliars. And so as you get further out, these are our opportunities of the bigger circles that uh, maybe John and team and all we're talking about today. There's so many people out there that we have the ability to attract to become members or friends of the American Council of the Blind. And we reach a lot of them through our internet, uh, you know, through acb.org, through acbmedia.org, through the audio description website, and all of our social media presences. But there's so much more there to kind of strengthen that relationship. And how do we bring people from being unfamiliar with us to being familiar with us? If they're familiar with us, how do we get them to be a friend or ultimately a, a family member? And so. This is kind of our goal for the, for the next year as we've kind of identified what makes up those different circles or bands of potential ACB members and friends, but how do we strengthen that relationship? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the next item is develop the long-range approach for Get Up and Get Moving program, and we've actually made a little more progress on this one then shows up so far, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Deb and I have been meeting with Tom and kind of formalized the the committee and the staff going forward. So those those meetings will be held here just in the next week or two, relaunching yeah. the Get Up and Get Moving committee. And we're looking at that being more like um, one of the steering committees that we have in other areas so that there will be some uh, working groups under that 
um, around different elements of the get up and get moving. So we're looking at at the issue of the how does how does it line up with uh, fundraising? How does it line up with advocacy? And and how does it line up with sort of member um, activities? So that means we can all get up and exercise during the break. <laughs> and Leslie says, "Yay!" And, and it's really thinking of it at a broader level of really health and wellness, right. and then you know, get up and get moving could can, can be, be under that, that as well yes. as the mental health com wellness committee. And right. And some of our, uh, you know, um, really our special interest affiliates that have a strong, strong mm -hmm. uh, presence mm -hmm. in these areas. Right. Okay. Uh, so that, that sounds like a really good, I think that's going to go really well. Um, then our next uh, major category is um, investigate options to increase earned income for ACB. And the first one under that is the thrift store expansion possibilities. And it was estimated that to launch a new store would cost approximately $500,000. That sounds high. <laughs> really? $500,000 for a thrift store? Yeah, I'll, I'll let uh, yeah. I'll let Nancy maybe speak to this a little bit, but Chris Sawyer, who's you know we brought in, who's doing a really great job with the thrift stores. There's that you know just to to have a new building, to to build out the building, to go through all the efforts to hire the staff, uh, to uh, you know, acquire the merchandise. It mm -hmm. you you have to plan on investing a half a million dollars before you get to profitability. You know, okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know if yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Set that's it, yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because you got to pay those employees while you're just haven't sold anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. So, so on. So, on, so unlike a regular store, for the thrift stores, they'd have to start taking donations like a month before. And in uh -huh. order to have it filled up when the, you open up the store, you most likely would have to go out and purchase um, second-hand goods so that you have enough for the opening. Yeah, I could bring yeah. some over from my house if they'd like. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it, it is still is, is not necessarily a it's, – it's not something we're, we're ruling out for the future. And – you know, of course, we're established in the Texas area and in the West Texas area. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're in that state where, you know, we've got all the licenses to operate in the state of Texas. So, uh, you know, they, they, something could come along, something could, could, you know, become an opportunity for us. But right now, I think we're not in a position to be able to invest that much of our uh, endowment no, capital in that. Yeah. 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 Next item under this is report out viability of monetizing ADP program listings and the GALA and ADP training institutes have been successful. Um, there are additional opportunities such as the ACVREP course and certification program. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, so we, we again, we're uh, trying to look at our programs and where can we monetize those for additional um, revenue areas. So audio description is an area that is, you know, the ACB is just in a very premier uh, position when it comes to audio description. We are really thought of as the, the true experts in audio description across the industry. So we have leveraged that in a couple of different ways by starting the AD Awards Gala. This will be our third annual one this uh, November 14th. This, uh, you know, really um, 
rounding into shape. We had an excellent meeting yesterday. So we're finding now that we're bringing in, you know, north of $100,000 of revenue each year for the Audio Description Awards Gala. Now, there's some expenses associated with that, of course, but it's, it's bringing in revenue and it's providing us a really large amount of visibility and credibility throughout the industry. So that's been uh, a, a, a way to monetize audio description. In addition, mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Joel Snyder does uh, a really excellent job with, uh, with member volunteers. We hold two Audio Description uh, Institute training classes each year, one in the spring and one in the fall, and those are now bringing in uh, annually about $40,000 worth of revenue for those. Uh, so... Other opportunities could be out there, but we have at least found those two. Um, we all are also are doing some work with the National Park Service and the University of Hawaii through the Unity Project and the, the Descriptathons that they hold, and that's been a way for us to get some grant money in and, again, leverage audio description. Mm-hmm. The other item that we're mentioning there, and Kim can maybe speak to this, but we are finishing up. I think we probably got a year to two years left to really fully uh, for ACV REP to uh, launch the um, uh, certification program for audio description writers, editors, and uh, quality control engineers. And as part of that, we've worked with Microsoft to prepare a certification curriculum which could be used to help people uh, you know, build towards their certification. So kind of that initial training course uh, towards that certification. But Kim, mm-hmm. I know you were more involved with that than, uh, than most of us were in helping pull that together with Joel and uh, Microsoft. Yeah, no, you covered it pretty well, I think. And it's, a, it's an online um, asynchronous course so people can study at their own pace and prepare um, for you know the certification examination for audio description that we've been working on for the last few years so we're hoping to finish up the review um joel has done all the work now it's in tabitha and my plates to review and you know make any evaluations and then fixes so we hope to have it um you know off off our plates in spring of 2024 so mm-hmm. And I, I think at this point in time, I will just, um, I, um, and there'll be many more uh, celebrations to come, but mm-hmm. I at least want to announce that uh, Joel Snyder, who you know is currently in the role as being our founder and senior consultant, and really has been so eminently involved for the last 15 years with the Audio Description Project, has uh, shared with Deb and I that he's going to be retiring at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have to do a lot of Joel Snyder celebrations Mm -hmm. here uh, over the next few months. Uh, But I just wanted to recognize Joel for all of his hard work and really being the true catalyst to help us get audio description to where it is now. And he's not going anywhere. He's already agreed to volunteer on a couple of our audio description project subcommittees. Mm-hmm. And he does want us to continue to contract with him to do the training institutes right. twice a year. Good. So that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. 
All right, uh, the viability of monetizing ACB member volunteers to provide blind and vision expertise to product and service industry partners. And under that, it says ACB tried labor intensive uh, for the minimum amount of revenue that was received. Right. Mobilizing volunteers uh, itself was labor intensive. Yeah, um, um, this is, folks keep bringing to our attention the opportunity that we have this amazing group of ACB members, uh, volunteers who would be willing to be experts in different fields. The, they can help do focus groups for different corporations. They could provide uh, input on assistive technology. They, we, we have the, this wonderful resource with our members. And so we've tried a little bit of can we harness our, our member volunteers, uh, compensate them for their efforts, and you know uh, perhaps use that as a way to get money for some stipends for our members and maybe provide a service out to corporations and government entities and receive revenue back for providing that service. We've tried that a little bit, as Deb was alluding to, with the National Park Service and the virtual field visits for the Unity project. So when people complete a virtual field visit study, we compensate them with $75 for their hard work. They're usually the volunteers that have been part of the descriptathons. Uh, they do as many as five uh, a month. So they've, some of them are earning up to $325 a month. Uh, and then we uh, cover that with the grant money we've received to provide those services. It's mm -hmm. It's worked, but one thing we've learned from this, it's a truly labor-intensive effort to kind of coordinate your volunteers, get the work done, collect their work, and make sure that the invoicing is happening properly. Nancy has to check it all off, make sure it's done successfully to the vendor's uh, uh, qualification and certification before we then compensate the folks. And we go back to the grantor and, and recognize that the work has been done. So I, I won't say it's not a viable model, but what we've learned, it's very labor intensive. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to do much of this in a scale uh, with, the, with the limited staff that we have right now. Mm -hmm. All right. Then the next big item, successfully hold the ACB annual conference and convention as a hybrid event. And we've got lots of items. The uh, convention should end with the banquet <laughs> on Thursday, yes, July 6th. Yes, we got uh, very clear from, our, uh, from <laughs> yeah. our survey at the end of 2022's uh, convention that we did not want to be continuing to do business once the hybrid <laughs> portion of the convention was over. So yeah. that was one of our goals I, I, for this year. I think we met it. The banquet would be the last event of our, our, our annual ACB uh, Except for those of us who went on the Music Box Tour. And yes, that was yes, just yes. Amazing. So that, that, that was all fun. So yes, that was, that fun. was great. Yes. Um, the convention should earn a minimum of 150000 net profit. Right. And, and uh, right now... Um, we are, uh, I believe the latest report I got from Nancy is uh, we, are, we earned 156000 this year. Oh. So we met that goal, although I will say there will be a little bit more discussion about, um, I'll just I'll say 
room night commitments, and I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Because yeah. this is becoming a challenge for us with our in-person portion of our conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you all have to stay eight weeks, even though the convention will end at the <laughs> banquet on Thursday night. Everybody must be on the David and Rhonda Trot schedule of yes, arrival and departure days, for the convention. Extra days. That's right. That's right. All resolutions and constitutional amendments are voted on by the ACB members. Yeah. And we've now done this for the third year where we've used vote now and everybody's had a chance to participate and vote. And I'm very, very proud of what Mm -hmm. we've been able to do there. And shout out to the voting task force with Pat Sheehan, Mm -hmm. with Jeff Tom, with Connie Sims and everybody. Many of you have been involved in that. Mm-hmm. Really great work. And they're at it again this year. Yes, so we got they get started early. Yes. Mm-hmm. ACB members can participate in person or virtually, which is a big hit, I know. And holding candidate elections, and we did all of that. Uh, and uh, that's it for the convention. So, yep. uh, yeah. Very successful convention. It, didn't it feel like we were kind of almost back yeah. to normal last year? Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish we had more of us yeah. there, but it really felt felt, felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. All right, develop and implement an update to ACB's uh, at digital assets. Update acb.org. Um, so landscape is currently under evaluation and review. Um, update members.acb.org, uh, which is on hold. Uh, f- feedback is received from uh, groups.io provider and uh, ACB link possibilities related to members.acb.org. ACB link has been updated with the new release in June of 2023. Um, members have provided fo- positive feedback. Um, so then we as members uh, train members how to use members.acb.org, and that's scheduled for the fourth quarter. And sun, uh, Sunset Legacy um, ACB Media uh, infrastructure um, still under evaluation, and uh, we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah, and so kind of. Uh, I guess commenting on those, maybe reverse order is the best way to do that. Um, But we are continuing, you know, we ported over ACB radio to to the Azure cloud when we moved everything over to the Microsoft Azure cloud. But we did not decouple all of the, you know, the environment that had been created by Larry Turnbull and others, you know, years ago on how to kind of, schedule and manage programs. Long before Larry. Even before Larry. <laughs> way, way, long way before. Way. So, yeah. so it's this Jeff historical Chang. code that really no one, everyone's afraid to touch uh, because if we break it, we don't know if we can ever fix it again, to be mm-hmm. totally honest with you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it it is kind of broken in that we can only use it for uh, for mainstream. We now have multiple channels. And... And so one of the things that the IT team has been looking at is that we really do need to move to a new scheduling package. And I think it's a, it's a lift. It's, it's not how to change the existing code, but it's Mm-mm. to go acquire a new scheduling package, mm-hmm. go through the understanding of how many of our channels really do need to be scheduled. Because um, yeah, I know even one of our key um, individual member donors donated money 
to ACB, uh, I've recently learned, to help us uh, put together a new scheduling package on our ACB media network. And, and I think we really, this is going to be a goal, I believe, for 2024. is we've, we've got to uh, be able to uh, get to where we can schedule programs. Many of us, as we know, we, we go into ACB Media and the team does an absolutely outstanding job. But at times, you're listening to the music and not a program. And that's wasted, wasted airtime and wasted space with all the wonderful content that we have. We should be able to be sharing content on a 24 by 7 basis. Rick and team, everybody knows that. We've just got to get to a scheduling package where we can do yeah, that in a healthy way. You need to way. be able to know when you're going to hear the content, yes, not yes. just randomly not wait just, for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so that, so that will be on our goal for, for 2024. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mm -hmm. next one back uh, is training for members.acb.org. Mm -hmm. uh, Cindy Hollis is going to do some training with uh, guidance from Nancy uh, Becker on uh, on uh, members.acb.org. Uh, Nancy, how many people do we have on members.acb.org now? Is it are we over five thousand? Yeah. Give me one. Give me one minute. She's okay. looking she'll, up she'll a precise give us, She'll give us an exact number. Number for you guys. <laughs> okay, but but it has truly grown, and this is where members can go on, see their information, change their addresses, do things. It's obviously integrated with our uh, convention registration database, also being used now for the D.C. Leadership Conference registration. So we're continuing to try to develop that as a place where members can go and update their own information and, and see their information. See how much they've donated, you know, different types of things like that. And where this specifically comes up every year is at convention time because if people were able and comfortable uh, to the extent their skills and technology permit, I recognize that's not everyone, but if those who could um, would could go up there and look for their uh, convention information, they would find all their Zoom links, they would find all their room listings, they would find all their stuff they need because it's all up there and we have to parse it all down and get it to other formats and obviously sometimes we are able to do that really easily and sometimes we get a little stressed with it. So, so if we can get people to use this resource, um, and we can provide a lot more information to everyone, as Dan says. Yep. So mm -hmm. we're 5,500 active users. Yeah, 5,500. 5,500. So we, we continue to grow. grow. We have mm -hmm. a lot of people. Give him raise and he give get two seconds in there. I've been uh, noticing this recently that a lot of affiliates don't have any idea how to use AMMS for to their for their own uses, and also. Uh, the coordination between members uh, and the, and their database that they uh, maintain is probably not 100% uh, co uh, congruent. Mm -hmm. So I sure. think there needs to be some training for the affiliates on how to use members as well, you know, as, mm -hmm. as well as the uh, donor perfect, you know, AMMS uh, for you know to keep everything. Copacetic and also for them to uh, maximize their use of the AMMS system. Yeah, I don't know why I used to do membership for our affiliate, and I have no idea anymore why I would even keep my own database because I can add extra fields to AMMS, and if I want to keep weird definitions of things or whatever that are unique to my affiliate or that I think are, um, then I can put those in there, and, and it's so reliable. So I agree with you, Doug, that if there's... if 
if there are people still... Yeah, well, no, I don't think it requires being that tech-savvy. It's just a database. So, you know, if, if we have people who are still struggling, part of it is that officers turn over a lot. I've been amazed at how often the presidents are... Every week, Cindy has new presidents on her presidents list, and I know some of that is about elections, but goodness, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, let's take a break. All right, break. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.